From Welcome Villain Films, the studio that brought you the horror hit Malum, as well as Beaten to Death and Hunter Killer, comes their newest nightmare, Mind, Body, Spirit, now available on digital. Directed by Alex Haynes and Matthew Miranda, and produced by Dan Asma, Mind, Body, Spirit follows Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, as she embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. What starts as a spiritual self-help guide quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes increasingly obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now, Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. During its festival tour, which stops at Chattanooga Film Festival and the Unnamed Footage Festival, Mind, Body, Spirit garnered praise from critics who call it a found footage version of Hereditary and a knockout found footage horror movie for the live stream era. Experience the first ever yoga-themed found footage horror film and don't miss the film viewers have called extremely frightening and upsetting. Available now on digital anywhere you rent or buy movies online, including Prime Video and Apple Plus. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash results to claim your credit. That's LinkedIn.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. And welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-sode where we dig into the things that we've been, I think, just watching recently. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. And this week we're talking a wholesome cooking show, the Outwaters Extended Universe, <laughs> a video game adaptation, Vampires on a Boat, 
And uh, Chucky is an arsonist. He really is. Ah, uh, boy. I can't wait to talk about Chucky. Really quick, just before yes. we jump into... I just want to say, Skin of Marink screening was awesome. Oh, yeah. It was really scary on the big screen. I'd already seen it, but good God. It was... I, at one point, was like... I was crushing my face like this, and I thought I was going to throw up at one point, and I took a little bit of edibles and by a little oh, bit Mary like Beth. a decent amount i knew what i was doing but uh i was transported to a hell world it was it was not even a hundred <laughs> leave me alone but it was a good decent <laughs> chunk and it was a nightmare and it was great. I, I mean i can imagine did other people in the theater, how was the audience? Did they like it? Did Was there... So, only... Okay, so I was sitting near... They sat... Because I did an introduction, so I was, like, sitting in an aisle seat so I could get in and out. And I was, like... Mm-hmm. I told Steve, I was, like, well, now I can see when people walk out. Because, like, I was expecting it. And I wasn't... And it wasn't out of a judgment thing, because I was just literally curious, because it's mm-hmm. a weird fucking movie, and I've heard, like, a lot of people had said there were huge walkouts at their screening, so I was just curious. Only two people walked out, and it was a hundred. Per- it was a sold out hundred person nice. theater, so only two people walked out. So I was like, okay, that's actually that's pretty good for for what this was for Washington D.C. It's not it's it's a, it's not the most like artsy town, so I wasn't sure. <laughs> this is an artsy movie. That is, it's for an sure. artsy movie, and I mean the vibe was so. It was an Alamo. And so it the vibe was like it wasn't just movie theater quiet. It was like no one was breathing quiet. Like like everyone was on like pins and needles like very mm. like it, it was so tense. It felt like it was disorienting kind of. And again like yes, I was on edibles. We'll take this out with a grain of salt. But like it was like you could tell that people were like unsure of what was going on. And I like the person next to Steve was like scrunched up watching it in his chair and it like it, it seemed like it resonated relatively oh, good. well. Like no one feel... no one ended no one it wasn't over and no one went, what the fuck was that? You know what I mean? Like right. there was no like outrage. Um and I I think again, Alamo's like a night like it's not people are like going out for a night at the Alamo, you know what I mean? Like you're right. going out for mm-hmm. dinner and stuff, so it's like a little bit I think it's not like teenagers going to go see a movie at the AMC kind of crowd. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So, but well, still. And I do think that of the ways to watch that movie, being in a, in a movie theater, particularly one like Alamo, where you're not allowed to be on your phone, is probably the best way to watch it. Because, um, I mean, I think it's a movie that you can easily get distracted watching. Oh, 100%. And I, but I also think it's coming to Shutter soon. They haven't announced the date yet. But I think what... It does it does play really well watching it on a laptop with like in the pitch black with noise canceling headphones like it play that's like the second best way to watch it so and that's also very scary because you're usually by yourself so excited <laughs> for people to experience that but yeah it was a really it was a good screening it was cool to oh, watch yeah. it on the big screen <laughs> Steve I love him so much came with me and like this is very much think? a me movie and mm-hmm. he was like. I appreciated what it was doing, but it's not for me. And I was like, you yeah. know what? That's very fair. Like, mm-hmm. there's parts of it. Oh, I thought, <laughs> there's parts of it where he was like, that's too much. Like, that was just too much. Like, it's just unnecessary. 
<laughs> not, but yeah. And I was like, oh, I love that shit. But he also, Steve doesn't like things that are like, you're di- like you're fucked the whole time. He doesn't like movies where it's like, there's nothing you can do and you're just kind of stuck. And I love that stuff. So it's a little bit, a little bit challenging. But anyway, cool. uh, that aside, let's talk about a wholesome cooking show. Completely on the opposite end of that. <laughs> oh my god yes absolutely but you know i am in love with this show and i'm also worried for this show because i've not heard anyone talking about it and it's on hbo max and well we know what happens with shows on hbo max but it is the big brunch <gasps> i love the big brunch Have, so you watched it i've watched okay I've watched three episodes. I haven't watched a lot of it, a lot of it, but it's like the best vibe of my entire life, and I it's, love it. I've, I love it so much. It's basically <laughs> so like it, it reminds me. It's this is the first show that I think has like captured the same kind of um, cozy feeling of like the Great British Baking Show, mm-hmm. where it's like all the contestants seem to like care about each other and want to see everyone do well. And when people leave, it's not like some kind of fake thing it's like people yeah. seem to really care plus you also have sola talking about throwing f-bombs everywhere and talking about some guys your balls are big talking about balls that are on a plate but like it's wholesome but then it also has a lot of fucks and it's rated tvma because of the language and yet it is the most wholesome thing it's hosted by dan levy and sola from bon appetit Sola's, Sola's a little bit of a bitch in it though and i not that I don't like that, but, like, she's savage. Like, she's, like, not afraid to be, like, this ain't it. I love it. She is, but there's also, like, this point um, where I got to where she's, like, sitting back and she's, like, oh, I like these people now. Fuck. <laughs> and because it, it's, like, getting harder. Because, like, once once they, you know, get rid of some of the couple people, it's, like, it's such a small group. You know, you start to get to know their story and their cooking style and everything. But it is, it's it's a cooking competition. They're making brunches. They have like an appetizer meal and then a full course. And the judges are, they have this bartender that is serving the judges alcohol, whatever they want. And so it like has this very like low key feel to it, but it's very cozy. And it reminds me of the Great British Baking Show. And I am absolutely enamored with it. There's, um, I think, 10 episodes. Is it eight episodes? I think it's eight episodes. I'm, like, on episode six, I think, so I'm getting close to the end of it. I really hope it gets renewed because I'm really, really enjoying it. I love the the kitchen and, like, the restaurant setting they use. It's so mm-hmm. cozy. It's, like, it's very much, like, cute diner yeah. feel. Like, upscale cute diner feel. And it's just, like, again, it's very cozy. It's very, like... It's obviously a cooking show, but it doesn't feel as, like, high stakes, high, like, go, go, go. It's... Right. I don't know. It is it is really sweet. And Dan Levy is just my favorite, so... I love him. And I love Sola. Very... When I, I didn't know Sola was in it, I, just, I was like, ooh, Dan Levy's doing a cooking show. I gotta watch this. And then when Sola was on, I went, ah! It's <laughs> like, Sola! I, I love her! Oh, now I want brunch. I always want brunch. Brunch is so good. What's I'm going to brunch food? this weekend. What's your favorite? We're going to a drag brunch. Oh, fuck yeah. Wait, that reminds me. I'm seeing Shangela on Friday. Anyway. <gasps> You're seeing Shangela? <laughs> yes. I'm very excited. My friend got tickets and she's like, do you want to come? I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I do wanna I want to come? Yes. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Anyway, dera- uh, derailed. <laughs> I am always ready to be derailed for with brunch and drag queens. Uh, like, sign yes. me the fuck up. Ugh. Uh, Ugh. Tickets for the Dragula tour for Christmas. That's so cool. That's what Kate was saying in our chat. Oh, that would be so oh, cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so the Outwaters Extended Universe? Question mark? So, okay. So there, Robbie Banfitch, friend of the show, uh, past guest, future guest, friend and colleague, um, housewife lover. Finally, I fi- he has been telling me to watch these two films that are oh, a prequel and a kind of follow-up to his feature film, The Outwaters. And I watched them um, over the weekend, and I'm so glad I did because they're absolutely incredible. And Robbie is the coolest. And I know that we are friends with Robbie, and it sounds biased, but it really is like very incredible, authentic feeling found footage filmmaking. So the first one, so Card Zero is the like the prequel kind of the the card that they find in Robbie's apartment. Um, after they disappear in the desert in the in the outwaters and it's basically about him and his boyfriend and breaking up with his boyfriend but then also potentially hinting that when they scouted the location where they filmed the outwaters um something came back with them and then in then there is file vl624 which is like a bunch of more kind of experimentally it again like i it's like it's got skinnamarink vibes. Like there's a creepy voice saying things over footage, and it's got a more experimental vibe. But it's like recovered footage from okay. the card, like from from the cards, I think. And so, basically, what Robbie has created is this incredible kind of like extended lore around the Outwaters. And I know that these will be available on the when the Blu-ray comes out um, because. They're not available right, like readily available right now. But like they, especially Card Zero, is such like a deeply sad, authentic portrayal of being so in love with someone. But then they like what happens when they leave you, and it. But it's also not like dramatic. It's just very. It's quiet, but you feel like the way that Robbie films it. It's very authentic and really creepy too. So I just Robbie's doing some really cool stuff, and I wanted to tell everyone about it and get them excited for the Outwaters. It's coming to theaters soon too. but yeah those are two things i watched this weekend to kind of like get that full package and robbie's it's really cool what he's making with this world of the outwaters and like the stuff he's creating that kind of branches off from the the movie there's some really cool shit happening right now in movies (laughs) yeah i'm really excited for people to be able to see the outwaters uh yeah because i feel like we've been talking about it almost a year it seems like you've been a year right yeah because i saw it about a year ago because robbie robbie cold emailed me the the dread central inbox and was like hey will you watch my movie and i did and i was like oh this is the coolest shit i've ever seen and now it's going into theaters i know i really hope it's playing near me because i want it that's some this is a movie i really want to see in the movie theater i'm I'm jealous of I'm just jealous of people that have a chance to see it. So I'm I'm hoping that it comes here. Um, I'm hoping that Alamos will do it, hopefully. I keep checking mine. Yeah, I have been meaning to watch it as well. Uh, I was talking with Robbie earlier this week, and I was like, hey, can you send that to me in my email? Because uh, I need to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I finally was like, God damn it! I promise. Like, I'm not avoiding you. I just I know. can't remember. I have too many things I have to watch. 
Seriously. But you you also watched a video game adaptation, and I assume I know what this is, and I have not watched it yet, and I don't know why I haven't. Uh, I so I watched the first episode of The Last of Us. Um, mm-hmm. I did not request screeners for this one because I don't have time, and I'm covering <laughs> Servant right now. Oh yeah. So I was like, well, I'm just going to enjoy this and sit down and watch it. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the video game. I'm particularly a huger fan of the sequel. This first hour and a half, is an hour and a half episode, was really good. Um, so it, it follows a similar structure to the, the first movie, or the first movie, the, the video game, where <laughs> unlike the video game, there's like an opening set in like 1960s with, with two oh. scientists kind of talking about um, diseases and one person's like, I'm not afraid of diseases. I'm afraid of fungus. And the whole audience kind of laughs as they're like interviewing him. And he's like talking about, he's bringing up examples of cordyceps and like zombie <clears throat> ants, the stuff that gets in them, causes them to like go kind of dead yeah. inside minus their brain. And then they latch onto something and then it comes out of their head and explodes and infects <clears throat> other people and talking about, well, what happens if that were to happen with humans? So it kind of gives us a little bit of a setup as to, okay exposition to like what's going to happen but then it cuts forward to um joel with his daughter and the sort of the night that shit kind of goes crazy and then it cuts forward 20 years later and it follows pretty much the 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 beats of the the video game so far where joel is like a grumpy old man grumpy older man i guess i should say who you know he's had a lot of trauma (laughs) a lot of people have had a lot of trauma i can fix him uh, please, Pedro, let me fix him. He's. I saw a video on my fucking timeline today where Pedro Pascal said, "I'm your, I'm your sexy slutty daddy," and I uh-huh. was like, "I'm going." I saw that on TikTok. I'm going to lose my mind. Listen, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. There is, uh, okay. Is it is it okay if I spoil? What happens in the opening minutes? I mean, is it just like the video game? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, I. I okay, the, I so I. Game, so. I'm gonna talk around it. All right, so there is a, in the opening bit where he that's set in like 2003, I think, is the first, the kind of prelude to this, and there's this really sad moment where he's holding someone who is dying. And all I could do is focus on his fucking bicep that was like ripped and like poking through because he's like holding her, holding this person like this. And I'm like, this is really sad, but I am mesmerized by those guns. Yes! Basically, I, I couldn't stop. I was like, I'm supposed to be really sad right now, but I cannot take my eyes off these fucking biceps. Like, choke me out. <laughs> and Purpurina's like, little cuts, thirst for life. And yes, yes, that 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 describes, I think, both of us to a T. Okay, I'm back. So, I think I broke Mary Beth with that, but, you know. Just choke me out, just in there. <laughs> Ooh! <clears throat> but yeah, so th- it's a really good start. It's very... Um, it, it's very, uh, I would say, what's the word? Faithful. It's very faithful okay, like, to the I video game. It's like, you. what is this word in my head? And I, why can't I get it out? Uh, very faithful to the video game, but it is oh, definitely okay. giving room for um, deviations, I would say. 
And I think it's going to be masterful. I'm really excited to continue with this one. Hell yeah. Cool. HBO Max. I need to watch that. I want to. I just haven't. (laughs) I have no excuse. Well, when you do, make sure you're paying attention to his biceps in the very sad scene. I think it's hard for me. Like, I'm really excited for it, but I think it's just hard because like, I know the game, and I know that it's pretty faithful to the game, so it's a little bit harder to be like, for me, and be like, oh, cool, Like, what's going to happen? Where it's like, I kind of know, yeah. so I don't feel the urgency as much, but... I have, really a feeling, ex- I have a feeling I'm going to eat those words probably as it progresses. Like I ha- they probably are going to do something cool that I'll be like, oops. But I'm really excited for the <clears throat> the part where we get to Nick Offerman's character. He's playing Bill, and oh. Bill. Wait, really? Yeah, Bill was the a, a gay man, and I believe I'm not 100 percent sure because people have been talking around it, but they said that a character gets a whole episode devoted to them. And I'm kind of wondering if we're going to see an episode with Bill and his love story. Oh. Is what I'm wondering. Yeah. Because people were kind of talking around it. I meant to request screeners and then I was like, I just, it's fine. I'll be fine. It's okay. But yeah, it's really good. Um, Okay. Really enjoying it. Absolutely. Uh, Vampires on a Boat. I know what this is. I saw this like a while ago, I think. Okay. So... I want to talk about this, not just really, not just because of the movie, but because of the experience of the entire evening around watching this movie. So this movie is Blood Vessel. It is a 2019, I think, think vampire movie, but it's like Nazis on a boat and Nazi vampires on a boat. So like, you know, the, the, the annoying like horror obsession with having occult Nazis in World War II, even though we're in, in the 20, almost 2020 at this point with this movie, whatever. But we watched it. So Steve and I went over to our uh, only other horror, like only other friends IRL that like horror. We went to their house to uh, smoke weed, get drunk, eat Chinese food and watch horror movies. Um, that was literally the agenda of the evening. We do this once every couple of months um, and it's the best. So the the vibe was, let's find something kind of dumb to watch. And Steve had seen, saw it, Blood Vessel on Tubi and was like, that sounds like something fun to watch with friends when you're drinking. And we were all like, you are correct. And it wasn't great. The script is pretty terrible. The vampires are kind of cool looking and it feels like a totally different movie. Uh, But all I know is that we had a lot of fun watching it because um, we smoked a lot of weed and I had three old fashions and uh, a lot of Chinese food. I mean, sign me up. It was no, it was like incredible. Like it was such a good movie for that because it's not like a great movie, but it's fun enough that you're like, cool. This is a fun thing to watch with friends. Like it's entertaining, kind of predictable, but like, again, relatively for what it for what it is and like for what it is it's not bad but what what follows we were like let's change it up let's let's watch something scary and i was like no oh we want to watch something scary so i start throwing out suggestions and we land on the dark and the wicked why mary beth why I'm an agent of chaos. Um, I was like, all right, so this is like one of the scariest movies I've ever seen, like recently, Guide to the Strangers. Like, you guys want to watch it? And they were like, yeah, we do. And 
it was incredible. They loved it. Steve, Steve and our two friends, they loved it, but they were like, that's fucked up. I was like, you're welcome. That's a bleak one. Uh-huh. Listen to our Fresh Wounds episode on it. If you're not a patron, you should become one. Listen to our whole almost two-hour conversation about it. But yeah, the whole night was awesome because then after that we had to watch like YouTube videos of like old um old like 1990s dating show clips because we were like and then oh my god and so they you know the, the line where like can you smell him he's rotting you know that part fucking steve kept saying that like <laughs> like <laughs> whisper. he literally had, like came out of the bathroom and like out of the shower was like can you smell him at me and i was like you are the devil <laughs> amazing like, i've seen this movie three times and that's yeah but yeah so that was I wanted to recount the whole experience because it was very fun. I don't That's often good have experience. people and other friends who are horror people, like IRL friends. So it's nice to be able to hang out with them and like watch scary movies. Because a lot of my friends are not are babies, and I mean that with so much love, but they're babies. <laughs> <laughs> Kate said that uh, <laughs> that she was disappointed in the blood vessel, and I was too when I first saw it. Uh, but I do yeah. think that you saw it under the most ideal circumstances oh yeah i wouldn't have probably kept watching it if i was watching it like by myself steve said if i saw this on the sci-fi channel 10 years ago i would have been i would have been okay <laughs> yeah i think I, I saw it from a festival i can't remember i think it was panic yeah, or something it did it had like a surprisingly decent festival run i remember like hearing about it and people were like it's a horror collective it. movie it is a horror collective movie yeah that sounds like a fun night. It was a fun night. It was very good. And um, I was hungover the next day, and I haven't been hungover in a very long time. So, uh, worth it. Nothing oh, my gosh. Egg McMuffin can't, fi- can't fix. <laughs> right? When we when we f- hang out again, we must, we must drink old fashions together. I love old fashions. Oh, yeah. Yes. We have to. And then we'll be hungover together, and then we can get breakfast sandwiches the next day. Hell, <laughs> This is yeah. how I think. <laughs> What, what can I eat the next day? <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's talk about the next episodes of Chucky that we watched. Episodes three and four. Yes. So I, I forgot how like brisk this show moves. That yeah, we're like shit. in episode <clears throat> three and we're burning down one of the leads' house. That was Iconic, iconic scene of Chucky lighting a house on fire full of middle school students who are at a doing a silent disco in the house. And then he also stabs a child. Brutally murders a child. Middle school student? I knew, like, we had talked about how brutal the show was. And I very much was like, saw that with the first two episodes. But like, no, no one is safe. And they definitely are like hammering that home. Like, oh no, we'll set an entire house in middle schoolers ablaze and brutally stab one. <clears throat> and you'll like it. Yeah. I, so the, the, the premise of the episode three is Chucky's trying to get um, Jake to, to kill. Mm-hmm. And Jake can't do it. And so Chucky's like... Bring me to Lexi. I will take care of her. And so Lexi ends up getting the doll because her sister, Caroline, is in love with it. And there's this really funny moment where Caroline and Chucky get like... Which, okay, I... Pausing a second. It creeps me out 
one of the things that really creeps me out that is never really addressed is this idea that the, that we have a kid sleeping in bed next to Chucky, who oh, is yeah. an old man who is like being hugged by all these 13 year olds. And he's a serial killer and he's an old man. Like there is like a it's weird, weird dynamic I take, there. I take solace that it seems like he kind of leaves the body when that happens for the most part. And like he doesn't. Yeah, it's gross. It's very weird. And so we have Chucky and Caroline in bed, tucked in very snugly. And he says, hey, kid, I'm going to go kill your sister. I want to come. I want to come. I'm tired. I'm sleepy. You snooze, you lose. And he goes off to like, fucking kill her. I'm going to kill your sister. want to come. I, it just, it's, it's so funny. It's just so funny to me. I, I think that this this show like leans into more because like I, I would think back with like Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky, there was some dark humor, but a lot of it was a little bit more um, campy and satirical almost. Whereas like yeah. this is like dark pitch pitch black horror. This kid is like, yeah, is like I'm sleepy and I want to kill my sister. It's like funny, but it's also very fucking dark. Well, yeah, and especially this is a USA sci-fi show, mm-hmm. too. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't, like, HBO Max. Like, this is, you know, it, it's just, it's it's wild for, like, for what is created and what they've made with it, which I'm like, continually impressed by with what they do and how they're pushing boundaries with what you can show on screen, especially because, again, like, these are very explicitly children. Like, these aren't, again, I said this last yeah. time, but, like, they're kids. And played by kids. Like, and these are exactly. young actors, too. Man, I love Jake, but he's a little, oh, it's a little over the top sometimes with the, fa- like, the puppy dog facial expressions. Oh, my gosh. Bit. He and does like, a lot of face acting. Like, I'm like, he's a kid, and I don't, I feel mean saying that, but, like, he definitely, especially in the episode four, I feel like there's a lot of, like, pouty lips that's, like, kind oh, of yeah. overwrought, and I'm just like, buddy, buddy, tuck it in. <laughs> Put the lip back. Yeah, no, that that it's is, a that is a, that's a valid criticism, because I, I, I thought that the first time I was watching, by the end of it, I was like, oh my gosh, where is the, because he does a lot of, like, yeah, especially in the hospital, like the hospital scene, he's just like, <sighs> and like little like pouty longing faces. It's like, very, it's, but you know what? It's fine. But it just, it was distracting for these ones, especially. I was like, good Lord, my, my boy, my man, get it together. <laughs> get it together, but I, kid. <laughs> I do also love like the love story with them too. Like they are showing like a cute love, a queer love story of like two boys, middle school boys kind of falling through each other. And it's not like... I think it was in this episode two, but they did like the seven minutes in hell and they weren't mm-hmm. like, there wasn't like homophobia that like, when they came out of the closet, even though nothing happened, everyone's like, woo, you know what I mean? Like it right. didn't feel as like gay, which we see in so many other things. So, I mean, I can see why everyone loves the queer representation in this because it's really sweet. It's incredibly sweet. They're so adorable together. They're so sweet. I love, I just love those actors. And I mm-hmm. hate, hate, hate how they're trying to get me to care about um, Lexi. <laughs> I know. I was going to ask He's you. such a, like, I just, I'm, I'm so resistant. They keep being like, oh, you me know, too. they show like her mom and her dad. Also, the dad is played by the actor who was Nika's fucking therapist in Cult of Chucky. Oh shit. Was it really? Yes. I'm almost positive that that is the same actor. 
I mean, he does this like he does uh, it a lot. Yeah, with um the the cop in Curse of Chucky. Yeah, he was also um no I'm sorry yeah yeah no the cop in Curse of Chucky was also in Cult of Chucky as uh the the patient that mm-hmm. has um so to disassociative identity disorder. Yeah. I think is what it's called. Yeah, so he does that a lot, and he will do that with with. Uh, well, I don't want to spoil anything. So, <laughs> um, but you know, they we see like Lexi's mom is the mayor, and they're mm-hmm. never around, and her sister, you know, see they her sister I think is coded as as being neurodivergent. Her like she's mm-hmm. you know she doesn't like being touched. She needs very specific things, and there's like a strained relationship there, and she has to take care of her kid sister, but her kid sister is different, and her parents aren't around, and it's like, oh, we get it. Bullies like have a hard home life, but I, I don't mean that in like a condescending way. I know it sounds terrible, but it's just I feel like it's in every movie. It's like feel bad for them, and it's like yep. I just feel like there's other characters we could be putting in here that aren't like the cruel bully versus like the nerd that have to come together. Like, I know it's a tried and true trope, but can we break out of it a little, just a little bit? Because I just think she's, she's terrible. I mean, she's no, terrible. She's a, kid, but she's she's a terrible human being. Like, she is evil personified. Like, I, if I had to choose between having Chucky as a friend or her as a friend, I'm giving, I'm, I'm taking the, the murderous doll. They just move so quickly from, like, she is dressing up as his dead dad at a Halloween yep. party to, like, they're partnering up. And I understand it's because they are the only two that kind of know that Chucky's alive because she sees she sees Chucky attacks her, mm-hmm. she escapes, and then she and realizes, oh, Jake gave me the doll on purpose to kill <laughs> that was me. So funny. Why and is she- your doll coming after me? Because I told him to. <laughs> I was I love that that was like a moment that happened though, where it's like. Because, you know, here's the thing. When you start to think about it, it is really sociopathic that he is giving this murderous doll to this 13-year-old. Oh. With the intent oh, yeah. of having her be murdered. Like, at, again, with the dark comedy, it's it's, it's very fucked yeah. up. But as a story that is not based on real life and is like a story, I'm like, yeah, that is what happens. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Because she yeah. is a horrible person. And I... That my biggest complaint about the show is the fact that they try to make us like her. And I'm like, I don't care. The, what she does in the first two episodes, in my mind, is she's irredeemable. Exactly. And like, I know they're trying to make a message about bullying and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but I just, I do think it's just like, can we just have a different narrative here of the poor kid who is being traumatized by this person and then having to be forced to become friends with that person? Ah, it's just. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I do love the half melted Chucky doll when they go back to oh, the house, I know. <laughs> and his face is like just melting. Yes, um, and then the ending when he just like lift like puts like is flipping them all, like, and then it's um, oh my god, what is the crush's name? The boy crush's name? Devin. Devin, like, and now Devin knows because Devin starts doing a Google search about. Of mm-hmm. course, we get the the true crime podcast boy finding out about the truth about Chucky. But then we also we didn't even mention that we get kind of backstory on Charles Z. Ray. Mm-hmm. You know, the typical Saul has Saul serial wait, not typical actually. Serial killer kills his dad, then he gets he gets inspired by the serial killer and kills his mom. Kills his mom. And the serial killer's like, nice work kid, and then he is like we see him as like an older like a teenager at a you know, um, orphan is it? An, I guess an orphanage, mm-hmm. and being like being friendly with the kids, like with kids, and seeming to do well with kids, and being a friendly dude. 
in a very hilarious clashing plaid pattern outfit with the pants and the shirt. Absolutely incredible. Some great lines in this, though, too. Uh, My favorite is when Chucky is trying to get Jake to drop Lexi when they're investigating the house. And he's like, it's just one less vicious Karen on training wheels. And I was like, she totally is going to be a Karen when she grows up, if she survives. If she survives. I also, I did love the parents fighting in the hospital waiting room too, whether it's like, I, when I, I don't know, I don't know why. I think it's just like, we focus so much on the kids and how a lot of times in these movies, how kids are affected, but seeing adults mm-hmm. like snapping under it is really interesting. And I'm interested, I think I'm also interested in like those dynamics that they're, they're kind of like working with there, especially Devin's mom. She's a badass. Because she, yeah. she seems to be on the trail that, like, something is very weird here. Right. And I love it. Yeah, she she's a badass. I still love the teacher. Miss Fairchild, I, I believe, is her name. Just, like, being a, a complete badass. Also, very small little details, but I love that the credits, the credit Chucky title sequence is different with each episode. Like, yes, this one was all favorite. about... This one had like a bunch of needles in it for episode four because he kills the cop with the with the needles. And I love that we open up with like a, instead of previously on, it's Chucky saying previously on fucking Chucky. Yeah. <laughs> I just like I love these little tiny little it, it adds character and adds just another layer of, of Chucky humor to it. And yeah, I just think it's fun. I just love this show. Yeah, it's really it's good. It's. It continues to sh- surprise me with like how well made it is. It's gonna get. You, you were talking about being brutal. It's gonna get vicious. This, I'm surprised at how quickly things go tits up in this show. More than what it already has. Oh, girl, strap on, strap on, strap in, <laughs> strap in. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> just, just you wait. Strap on. I can't believe that came out. Uh. <laughs> Strap on. Uh. We're yeah, doing no. great. Hold on to your butts. How's that? That's that's great. It again. We're we have like four episodes left in this season because it's an okay. eight episode season, and shit's just gonna get wild. Yes, it is. I cannot wait because we are watching episodes five and six. So we'll we're getting we're in the back half now of the show so i'm excited for what the fuck else we're gonna have waiting for us next week yeah i can't wait I cannot wait uh but yeah so we have that and then who are we talking with on monday mary beth so on monday we are chatting with roxanne benjamin the director of there's something wrong with the children and she brought with her <laughs> howard the fucking duck howard the duck Whew. Nice. yeah Nightmare. Nightmare movie. From hell. Anyway. Fantastic yes. movie. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, it is insane. So, yeah, get, get ready for the conversation. It's very fun. Um, no duck and, titties for Terry. I have a story. <laughs> yeah, actually, get ready for that. Um, <laughs> so, listeners, you've heard from us. We want to hear from you. Did you watch something that we watched this week and have thoughts? Do you have suggestions for things we should be watching? You can let us know by sending us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm at Gailey Dreadful. 
And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And please don't forget to review, rate, subscribe. And if you want to help support us more, you can sign up through Patreon and become a member. You would be able to watch this live as we're recording, just like Kate and Perperina are right now. And it's a lot of fun. So sign up. If we do say so ourselves. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you, everybody, for listening and or watching. Please stay safe out there. But most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>